0: Today is the third day of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today as we greet a brand new, shiny, sparkly week out in front of us. Our first full week in this brand new month. So we'll certainly, while well, we'll get fully moved in. And here in the rolling hills of Tennessee, things are about to change. It's, uh, it's going to start livening up again as the new season begins to show itself. So, here we are. Next step forward, brand new, shiny, sparkly week. Let's pick up where we left off. Today, we will conclude the book of Leviticus and then begin the book of Numbers, and so we'll talk about Numbers when we get there. But first, Leviticus 27, 14 through 34. When a man consecrates his house as holy to the Lord, the priest will assess its value, whether high or low. The price will stand just as the priest assesses it. But if the one who consecrated his house redeems it, He must add a fifth to the assessed value, and it will be his. If a man consecrates to the Lord any part of a field that he possesses, your assessment of value will be proportional to the seed needed to sow it at the rate of fifty silver shekels for every six bushels of barley seed. If he consecrates his field during the year of Jubilee, the price will stand according to your assessment. But if he consecrates his field after the Jubilee... The priest will calculate the price for him in proportion to the years left until the next year of Jubilee, so that your assessment will be reduced. If the one who consecrated the field decides to redeem it, he must add a fifth to the assessed value and the field will transfer back to him. But if he does not redeem the field, or if he has sold it to another man, it is no longer redeemable. When the field is released in the Jubilee. It will be holy to the Lord, like a field permanently set apart. It becomes the priest's property. If a person consecrates to the Lord a field he has purchased that is not part of his inherited landholding, then the priest will calculate for him the amount of the assessment up to the year of jubilee, and the person will pay the assessed value on that day as a holy offering to the Lord. In the year of jubilee, the field will return to the one he bought it from, the original owner. All your assessed values will be measured by the standard sanctuary shekel, twenty geras to the shekel. But no one can consecrate a firstborn of the livestock, whether an animal from the herd or flock, to the Lord, because a firstborn already belongs to the Lord. If it is one of the unclean livestock it can be ransomed according to your assessment by adding a fifth of its value to it. If it is not redeemed, it can be sold according to your assessment. Nothing that a man permanently sets apart to the Lord from all he owns, whether a person, an animal, or his inherited landholding, can be sold or redeemed. Everything set apart is especially holy to the Lord. No person who has been set apart for destruction is to be ransomed. He must be put to death. Every tenth of the land's produce, grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man decides to redeem any part of this tenth, he must add a fifth to its value. Every tenth animal from the herd or flock which passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. He is not to inspect whether it is good or bad and he is not to make a substitution for it. But if he does make a substitution, both the animal and its substitute will be holy. They cannot be redeemed. These are the commands the Lord gave Moses for the Israelites on Mount Sinai. Okay, so this brings us to the book of Numbers. And as we begin the book of Numbers, we might be like, wait, haven't we already read this? Like, this is redundant. And maybe this is even tedious, because the law is kind of tedious, but there's something very important going on, because we're now changing from the first generation of people out of Egypt into the second generation of people. And a lot has happened under Moses' leadership. We've been watching and we've been listening. They've seen God show up in their midst, miraculously. They've seen mighty power. And then they've received this law and prepared for it but now they have to live it because God's now saying it's time like it's it's time to move out it's time for them to go into this land that has been promised and so in the book of Numbers we'll see spies that get sent into the land and we'll go in with them and we'll watch an entire generation disqualify themselves from the promise we'll find that to be a mirror that parallels our own lives in, in these stories as they often do and it gets a little close to home when we when we look close enough we will continue this theme of holiness that God wants his people to be like him that he wants him to be good righteous holy upright set apart and that he requires his people to be this way it's it's throughout the entire Pentateuch so it's throughout numbers and we'll see that rebellion against righteousness, like actually working contrary to the nature that God has given us, otherwise known as rebellion, actually reaps judgment. And if we haven't figured that out in our lives, then maybe numbers will help us see it. So as we go in, which is what we're about to do, these first nine chapters, so a little bit of space, a few days here, will be review and structure because God's preparing His people to, to to go into the Promised Land, and then we'll see like a census being taken, and laws being given, and reviews of laws, purifications, celebrations will happen, and then and then that's we move where we move to the spies being sent across the Jordan into the Promised Land where they can spy it out, and we'll face the repercussions of all of that. And then once this generation is gone, we'll see a new one with new leaders rising and then warfare starts and new laws are being established and just this culture is starting to take shape. And with that, censuses and a lot of counting and hence the book of Numbers. And so we begin chapter one. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the wilderness of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after Israel's departure from the land of Egypt. Take a census of the entire Israelite community by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of every male one by one. You and Aaron are to register those who are 20 years old or more by their military divisions. Everyone who can serve in Israel's army. A man from each tribe is to be with you, each one the head of his ancestral family. These are the names of the men who are to assist you. Elazar, son of Shadur, from Reuben. Shalumiel, son of Zurashadai, from Simeon. Nation, son of Amminadab, from Judah. Netanel, son of Zuar, from Issachar. Eliab, son of Elon, from Zebulun from the sons of Joseph Eleshamah son of Amihud from Ephraim Gamaliel son of Pedazur from Manasseh Abidan son of Gideonai from Benjamin Ahaitzer, son of Amashadai from Dan Pagiel son of Okran from Asher Eliasaph, son of Duul from Gad Ahira son of Enan from Naphtali These are the men called from the community They are leaders of their ancestral tribes, the heads of Israel's clans. So Moses and Aaron took these men who had been designated by name, and they assembled the whole community on the first day of the second month. They recorded their ancestry by their clans and their ancestral families, counting one by one the names of those twenty years old or more, just as the Lord commanded Moses. He registered them in the wilderness of Sinai. The descendants of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral families, counting one by one the names of every male twenty years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Reuben, numbered 46,500. The descendants of Simeon, According to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, those registered counting one by one the names of every male twenty years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those who registered for the tribe of Simeon, numbered 59,300. The descendants of Gad, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Gad numbered 45,650. The descendants of Judah, according to their family records, by their clans and ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Judah numbered 74,600. The descendants of Issachar, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Issachar numbered 54,400. The descendants of Zebulun, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, Those registered for the tribe of Zebulun numbered 57,400. The Descendants of Joseph The Descendants of Ephraim According to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Ephraim numbered 40,500. The Descendants of Manasseh according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Manasseh, numbered 32,200. The descendants of Benjamin, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Benjamin numbered 35,400. The descendants of Dan, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Dan numbered 62,700. The descendants of Asher, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Asher, numbered 41,500. The descendants of Naphtali, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral families, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, Those registered for the tribe of Naphtali numbered 53,400. These are the men Moses and Aaron registered, with the assistance of the 12 leaders of Israel. Each represented his ancestral family. So all the Israelites 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in Israel's army, were registered by their ancestral families. All those registered numbered 603,550. But the Levites were not registered with them by their ancestral tribe. For the Lord had told Moses, Do not register or take a census of the tribe of Levi with the other Israelites. Appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, all its furnishings and everything in it. They are to transport the tabernacle and all its articles, take care of it and camp around it. Whenever the tabernacle is to move, the Levites are to take it down, and whatever it is to stop at a campsite, the Levites are to set it up. Any unauthorized person who comes near to it is to be put to death. The Israelites are to camp by their military divisions, each man with his encampment and under his banner. The Levites are to camp around the tabernacle of the testimony and watch over it, so that no wrath will fall on the Israelite community. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Mark 11, 1-25 When they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here right away. So they went and found a colt outside in the street tied by a door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They answered them just as Jesus had said, so they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, "'Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David!' Hosanna in the highest heaven! He went into Jerusalem and into the temple. After looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day when they went out from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree with leaves, he went to find out if there was anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. They came to Jerusalem, and he went into the temple and began to throw out those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves and would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple. He was teaching them, Is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. The chief priests and the scribes heard it and started looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was astonished by his teaching. Whenever evening came, they would go out of the city. Early in the morning as they were passing by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus replied to them, Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, Everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. Psalm 46. God Our Refuge For the Choir Director A Song of the Sons of Korah According to Alamod God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore we will not be afraid though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. Phila There is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage. Kingdoms topple. The earth melts when He lifts His voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. Come, see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop fighting and know that I am God exalted among the nations exalted on the earth the lord of armies is with us the god of jacob is our stronghold selah proverbs 10:23 as shameful conduct is pleasure for a fool So wisdom is for a person of understanding. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this brand new week that we are moving into, this full first week of this month. And as we begin to think about the changing of the seasons that's out in front of us, we begin to just imagine new life and what that might look like. And we just plant that in our hearts here and invite your Holy Spirit to cultivate it as we move forward in the days ahead. And we pray this in the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. This is Tasha, Joyful in Virginia, and I was just calling for... To Mika And I didn't quite catch where you were calling from, but my heart just goes out for you because um, I see you're struggling with your um, needing your medicines and um, being cut off from your insurance. And I just want you to know that God cares about that, too. That part does it just because it's not spiritual, that God cares about it. And I've been pouring out my heart to God for you. Um, that you would feel him in a very tangible way. I pray that he would provide for you, provide what, exactly what you need Um, to pay for your prescriptions that you need. Um, Tamika, I am keeping you in prayers. I resonate with this, and I've been without insurance and needing prescriptions, and I just want you to know that God cares, and he sees you, and um, just hold on to him, and he we'll see you through. Um, Praying for you girl, Um, hang in there okay. Um, Again, this is Tasha, Joyful and Virgin.
2: Good morning everyone, it's Susan from Canada, God's Yellow Flower Calling. I wanna pray for winter, Um, let you know that even though I'm Canadian, I pray for the States daily. Um, It breaks my heart as well to see the the trials and tribulations um, that are going on there. Um, so Heavenly Father we come before your holy throne and we know you are in control we may not like what's going on but you are in control of all things ultimately and um, there are consequences that um, that come upon us because of disobedience and I pray that um, the innocent peacemakers, the lovers of neighbors, the lovers of your people would not be harmed through this uprising and this um, exposing of hate in, in the world. I pray Heavenly Father that you would put the right people in power to bring unity to the United States And to um, bring love and hope to the world. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray for peace for winter. Peace in her heart in knowing that you are in control of all things. And that you have a reason for everything. Help her to walk in faith and trust. And fill her with your peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
3: Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Lavender Dreams calling from Western Mass. Thank you, Brian Harding, Pastor Brian, and this family. And hello to all the Daily Audio Bible family. I just finished listening to the February 20th um, broadcast. I'm still catching up from after losing my mom on December 26th. But I just heard Dano calling in from... Uh, Orlando, Florida, and it touched me greatly because I am a retired cardiovascular surgical ICU nurse, and um, cabbage—it's—it's a uh, it's, uh, cardiac um, um, arterial bypass graft, and um, yes, it touched me. And the Widowmaker is the left anterior descending artery. So I'm quite uh, absolutely familiar with what you just went through. And absolutely, Jesus was walking with you. And when you went into that, um, uh, that catheterization lab and they looked at what was there, they were not going to mess with that. And I'm sure they took you emergently into the... Uh, into the surgery, and yes, he was with you the whole time. God is good, and I have taken care of many patients like you. So God bless you, brother, and your wife with Lyme disease. He's going to carry you through this walk of recovery, and I just know that He put you there to witness to many people. So. Praise God, and I I am sending you prayers for a, a very smooth recovery. God bless you all, and I'm praying for everyone. In Jesus'
4: name, amen. Hello, Divers. This is Kay from Ohio. I wanted to pray for her. I think he says his name was Jade from Ohio. His dog his daughter has had pink eye off and on, and they can't get to the bottom of it. So God, you heard his prayer requests when he called in. You hear them daily as they're praying, hoping and wishing that things will clear up and today it will be better and that this antibiotic will work. God, we put it in your hands. I pray that everyone takes their hands off of it, that your holy and divine will will be done and that there will be peace in the midst of it. I'm praying against any problems in the eye, that she will not lose her vision, that this will not be the onset of any other eye infections or any glaucoma, any cancers. We come against all of it. Anything that they can, their minds can think of, we place it in your hands, God. I pray that you just give them wisdom and understanding to trust you and that you will give the doctors wisdom and understanding and that they will do their best to figure out what's going on. But that they will pray and ask you, Lord, what should we do next? And Jade, I was wondering, my mom had an infection. It was a UTI, but she had an infection and they couldn't clear it up. And she did have to get a port or get the, um, well, like a port in her arm so that the antibiotic would go straight through her body because it just wasn't getting where it needed to be. And once they got the right cocktail, it was able to clear it up. So I pray that they will find something and find it immediately, but don't lose your faith. God is still in the midst of it. Trust the process.